What's up, everybody? Energies Love Podcast. You know it. We love it. Thank you so much, listeners, for going out and subscribing, listening to us anywhere and everywhere that we are available. You know where they're at. iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play Music, YouTube, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, you name it, we're out there. Go to our Facebook page as well, Energies Love Podcast. Like the Facebook page. Follow us there. We put a lot of information out on our Facebook page. And now we have our website up and running, energieslovepodcast.com. We're going to be updating our website with some more information coming up here in the next little bit. It's going to have a lot of contact information for some of the people that you hear on the show. We're going to highlight some guests that have been on the show, as well as some people that will be coming on the show. So if you haven't already, go check out our website, Energy is Love Podcast, and I'll see all the good things that we have going on there. Also, it's a great way to contact us. Just go to the website, click on the contact link, and leave us a message. Contact us. Let us know what you think of the show. Let us know what maybe you don't like about the show, what you'd like to hear more of, what you'd like to hear less of. Also, if you're interested in being a guest on the show, that's the best way to get a hold of us. Go to our website page, message us. We'd love to chat with you. We'd love to learn about you. We'd love to bring your story out there to the universe and all of our listeners. This podcast is brought to you by Crystal Water Float Spa. Crystal Water Float Spa on Facebook or crystalwaterfloat.com. They are located in Tooele, Utah, and honestly, they're an amazing, 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 amazing space center spa. It doesn't matter what you want to call them. Go float at Crystal Water Float Spa. Crystal Water is also now the nation's only distributor for the Dream Pod. At Crystal Water, they have the Dream Pod float tanks that everybody gets to sit back and relax and float in. Honestly, they're an incredibly high-end tank. Now that Crystal Water Float is distributing the Dream Pods, you can contact them directly, set up everything that you need to set up in order to get the Dream Pod sent out to your new location. Maybe you're opening up a float center. Maybe you're one of those type of people that can put a float pod up in their house. If that's the case, contact Crystal Water Float Spa and find out how to get your Dream Pod. Everything's really streamlined now. It's much easier to try to get a hold of one of these Dream Pods. They are great tanks to float in, and now you can get them here in the States locally through Crystal Water Float Spa. Tank gets delivered, gets set up. It's a wonderful opportunity for the float community. We're getting some new sponsors for the podcast, which is amazing. We're getting some new listeners um, each and every day, each and every week after we release an episode. Bam, listener base grows. It's wonderful. It's amazing. We love doing the show. We love our listeners and we love all the love that you guys have been given, all the support. We really appreciate it. Remember the challenge. Share the show with somebody. Go out there. Tell your friends about it. Tell your family about it post about it on Facebook. Let everybody know about the Energy is Love podcast, not just so we can get more listeners, but so that all this information, all this insight, all the energy that our guests bring to the show can be shared with more and more people. So if you haven't already, make sure you're sharing and telling people about the podcast. On today's episode, I had a really good buddy of mine reach out and wanted to be on the podcast. And I said, hell yes, come sit down, come be on the podcast. His name's Keith Asbury. Keith is the owner of Tula Martial Arts Academy here in Tula, Utah. Uh, it's an MMA gym that teaches a ton of different things, not just MMA, not just jiu-jitsu, kickboxing, capoeira. It's an overall body gym. Go find them online at TulaMartialArtsAcademy.com or, of course, you can go to their Facebook page, Tula Martial Arts Academy, and all those links will be in the show notes. So Keith came on the show and we just bullshit, man. We just talked. It was really, really wonderful and amazing. You think, well, how is some guy that owns an MMA gym connected to the Energy is Love podcast. Well, the fact is Keith is one of those guys that has recently started to expand his mind and reach out there and try different things. So some of the things that we talk about, um, 
Keith has started to meditate and he started to practice lucid dreaming in a sense and listen to different type of binaural beats and theta brain waves and all these megahertz, wagahertz, dugadugahertz, all these different things um, at nighttime when he's going to sleep. And he may not be this crazy out there hippie, but he's a down to earth guy who is trying to incorporate some different mindfulness techniques and different beliefs into his life because he realizes that there's more out there than he wants it. So it was a wonderful episode. Super fun chatting with the guy. I think you're going to like it. I think you're going to gain from it. Now sit back and relax and enjoy this wonderful episode of the podcast for the universe with my dear friend, kick-ass guy, Keith Asbury. Enjoy. You're listening to the Energy is Love podcast. Energy is love. The Energy is the love podcast. The Energy is Love podcast. Energy is love. The Energy is Love podcast. The podcast for the universe. The Energy is Love podcast. What's up, Keith? How are you doing, Mr. I'm doing Salazar? wonderful. Thank you so much for coming and being on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. So we got a lot of stuff that I was thinking about talking to you about because we have some, I don't know, similar similar things that we're interested in to a certain extent. But there's one thing I want to, we'll get into everything that you do and the gym and MMA and jiu-jitsu and all that kind of cool stuff because obviously I'm a big, huge fan of all of that stuff. But the first thing I want to talk to you about, first thing I want to ask you about, do you remember, it's been several months when we had a conversation and you were talking to me about uh, meditation and listening to some stuff and having some experiences and things I like do. that. Theta waves. Yeah. yeah so tell waves. me a little bit about whether or not you've been keeping up on it kind of your experience in it a little bit yeah I, uh i didn't know much about it and uh i uh i can't even remember where i saw it on the internet or someplace but then i uh, saw it on your uh, your facebook that you uh you did energy work and i saw some theta wave stuff on there so uh what i did is i just looked them up on youtube and i started um sleeping like when i would go to bed i would put them on and listen to them and uh, I would just have the craziest dreams. <laughs> I would wake up. And the problem is, is uh, I'm real busy. You know, I'm super, super busy. So physically I would get exhausted, but I would feel like I wouldn't get like good sleep. Yeah. So uh, anyway, yeah, just out of the blue, I put one of those on and I had like the craziest dream ever. And uh, I didn't want to feel like a kook. So I just kept, <laughs> I just, I just, you know, kept it under my hat. I didn't say anything. Well, then the next night, uh, same thing. So I'm just like, it can't be a coincidence. So I asked my wife the first night and she's like, no, nah, I just, yeah, it was just regular old sleep and this and that. So about after like probably the third or fourth night, I'm just like, man, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it was something I ate or just the mood. She goes, yeah, I think it's those state of ways we've been watching because <laughs> I've been having the craziest dreams and my, my ability to like actually go to sleep and rest, my brain just keeps going. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's hard to slow it down. Exactly. So I've got a thousand things going on. So I, were, I was working 18-hour days and not being able to shut off my brain. So, yeah, I was watching those uh, Theta Wave videos, and they're just um, they're kind of hard to explain. You know, there's, like, visual stuff, and there's, like, music and tones mm -hmm. and all kinds of stuff like that. But it's almost – I don't know if it would be considered a hypnosis or what, but when um, – <clears throat> excuse me – when – I would wake up in the morning, I would like hop out of bed and be whistling. Like I would it just like <laughs> the best kind of sleep that I've ever got, you know what I mean? Really? So, yeah. So when we uh when I can remember, we still listen to them though probably once or twice a week. But yeah. You guys are still doing them? Yeah. And some of them are like there's 
thousands of yeah, them. Yeah, are you just doing it on YouTube? Yeah, just YouTube. Yeah. And then I, I, I downloaded a couple, like subscribed to a few different things. So they'll send me an email when a new video comes open or something like that. But for the most part, I'll just find, and some of the ones, I don't know, some of the ones you sleep better, some of the ones like you go straight to sleep and not remember anything. And mm-hmm. then some of them you'll have like uh like the lucid dreaming and all that kind of stuff. So, well, that's what I was going to ask you. Cause you say you're having crazy dreams yeah. that are kind of different than your everyday normal, sure. regular dreams that you'd be having. Um, like describe it to me. What is it that makes it crazy? Is it just very vivid and real or do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like nothing like crazy, like, um, you know, killing babies or aliens <laughs> type of things. Yeah. But it's like the easiest way to describe it is because I like I'd have a hard time remembering my dreams. Mm-hmm. Like um, every once in a while, I'd mem- remember a dream. But when I watch the the Theta Wave videos and stuff, I can remember the dream like as as if I watched a movie. But I was in the movie, so like all this crazy stuff, I could like in almost in my dream, like I could like smell smells and hear water. It's just weird, like more of a like you're in the dream as yeah. opposed to like a memory type of thing. Yeah. Um, had you ever dreamt like that before that never, you remember? Never. You never really had that kind of experience? No. What you're describing, and this is going to be cool. I'm excited because it's kind of what I was hoping because I love the fact that, like I said, it's Energies Love Podcast. We talk about all these kind of weird metaphysical, spiritual energy type things on the show. Sure. And you're not necessarily in that space. You're not in that realm, right? You're kind of, when we say like a novice or something like that, right? You're just not aware of all this stuff, whether it's because it doesn't interest you or you're just not into it or whatever the case may be. But what you're experiencing is a lucid dream. Oh, okay. Because it's very, like, I mean, just how you described where you can kind of smell and you feel like uh, it's almost like you have just a higher sense of your surroundings and the experience. And then when you do wake up and you come out of it, um, it's really, really fresh and really, really kind of, like you said, it's almost like you're watching a movie that you're participating in and that you're, it's just such a different kind of experience. Do you like it? Oh, I loved it. I love and that And that was what I was saying about the videos. Some, um, some of the videos, like you get more, like more of an intense mm-hmm. dream. And then sometimes when I watch the same video twice, like I don't get the same, same, uh, same result, but um, I just kind of play with it. Are you so, mixing it up and yeah, stuff? Yeah, some, sometimes we'll listen to, like, it'll be like raindrops or thunderstorms, and then it'll be like low tones underneath that. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it'll be like, uh, I don't know, the ones that I really like are, it's like, I don't know what the proper term would be, but it's like Native American kind of type of uh-huh. music. It's with, like shamanic stuff. Yeah, yeah, those are the ones that I really like. Yeah, with all the beats and the rhythm and the drums. Yeah. And, um, it's super cool. Like that's what my wife and I do 90% of the time when we go to bed at night, we throw one of those on and we listen to it. And you're talking about the theta brainwave and we'll get into this just a little bit. I'll kind of talk, tell you a little bit more about it and then it's good for our listeners too. But your brain has just natural brain wavelengths that it kind of processes. It's a vibration. It's a frequency. So you have like, um, like your alpha brainwave, your beta, your delta brainwave, theta brainwave is literally in reference to just a different brainwave that your brain goes into when you're sleeping typically. It usually happens when you are dreaming and you kind of get to that really deep place of sleep, like the REM sleep. That's when your brain goes into that theta brainwave. And there's, I don't know if you want to call it a belief or a concept or whatever the case may be, but <clears throat> in that theta brainwave, a lot of times people who practice energy work and who work with 
um, the type of stuff that we talk about on the show, that's where their brain has gone into consciously. So they're not sleeping. They're in that state when they're working with energy. Oh, okay. And so, I mean, there's a lot of different concepts and ideas out there as far as like why, um, like you said, it's kind of hypnot. It's almost like you're hypnotized in a sense, but you're not. And I don't know. I just love the, like for me, because I'll, I'll have dreams like that. I'll have lucid dreams like that. I'll have out-of-body experiences and things like that through meditation. And when people meditate, a lot of times they go into that theta brainwave as well. And that's just a really good place, what I believe, for your your energetic body, your spirit self, whatever you want to call it, your soul, your chi, your, your inner stuff. Animal. <laughs> yeah. It's a really good place for it to be disconnected from your body and kind of free from everything that your body's dealing with and going through and then connect to that shit that's out there. Yeah. Whatever we call it. Well, and that's the thing. Like, uh, if anybody were to explain that to me, I'd call bullshit on it. Yeah. But that's the thing. <laughs> that's something that you have to experience. Mm-hmm. And those first couple of dreams that I had. And then sometimes, like, um, like I'll fish for the dream, but I'll get really, really good sleep. Yeah. But sometimes, like, man, I'm tired. I could, I could use a good night of sleep tonight. So I'll throw one on and then I'll have a gnarly dream. And wake up like, man, it's just, uh, I haven't been able to like figure out how to hone in on it and figure out which ones do best for me. But I have my buddies listening to them and they're like, yeah, you're, what do they say? Your, your hippie alien music you listen to. <laughs> that's so, a man, good description. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Everybody wants a good night of sleep, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's the hardest part is once you wind down and I mean, I get up early and I come home late. So those, uh, those few hours of sleep that I can get are valuable. So to be able to just turn my brain off. You know, and that's the hardest thing for me. I call it Google brain. I got ADD real bad. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I think about a million things, you know, I'll be laying there exhausted and then my brain just will not shut off. So to be able to kind of like throw on some music, you, music kind of, um, you know, calms you down anyway. And yeah. then just with the beats and everything. Yeah, it worked. It worked good. Very so good. those those meditations to those things that you're listening to, they have different frequencies that they'll incorporate. Like you said, it'll be raindrops or something like that. But in the background, there's like this sub frequency. And those are things like uh, binaural beats and um, different like 527 megahertz and all these kind of different frequencies and ranges. And it's all designed to tap into all the different vibrations that we have normally as people. So when you're thinking, when you're feeling, you're giving off a vibration and like mm-hmm. just your brain power. So this brain is this huge ass supercomputer in your head that's constantly running and it's giving off a frequency and a vibration. So then you meet it with a, whether it's a like vibration or a lower vibration or a higher vibration. And that's how you can kind of slow the brain down and kind of does that make sense? Yeah. And, and so, I see all that on there. It says binaural beats and it has like the 420, the 720 yeah. megahertz or whatever. Yeah. It's like, like I said, I'm when you say a novice, I don't even know if I uh, deserve that title. <laughs> well, it's cool that you're experimenting with yeah. it. Do you know what I mean? It's cool that you're trying it out. And I think it's neat that you've had experience. We tell people all the time, all, like you said, all of this stuff is bullshit yeah. until you have an experience. Yeah. And when you have an experience, then you're like, mm, there's got to be something a little bit more to this. Well, and that's the thing. Like the first, this is going to sound dumb, but the first time it was like, I was almost embarrassed a little bit. Like <laughs> you're a dumbass that you think that listening to that made you have that dream. Uh-huh. And then when I asked my wife about it, she was in the same, she's just like, no, I slept fine. And then like after the third night, we're like, man, it's got to be those videos. Uh-huh. Cause three nights in a row, man, we're, uh, we're having these crazy dreams and like dreaming about like your childhood and just 
like I had a couple like where I was in like it felt like I was in a movie and it was just weird dreams. But then wake up just totally refreshed, mm-hmm. ready to go to work or do whatever we had going on. What do you think we like? What, what what do you think is the meaning? Not necessarily interpreting dreams, but why the hell do we have that experience of a dream? I don't know, man. I had a weird, uh, just weird, random, random dream sometimes like that I can remember really, really well. That like. Uh, like the other night, for example, I got a, uh, my friend, Court McGee, he fights in the UFC. He's be fighting uh, August 6th here in Salt Lake. Well, I had a dream. He shows up at my house. I knock on the door like, hey, buddy, he's standing there. Um, like, hey, I got some sod for you. I let peek out the front door. <laughs> there, there's a truck in my front yard with some sod in the back. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, why would, you know, I have a dream about him just bringing me some, and I don't need sod. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like in my dream, I remember thinking, well, I don't want to be a jerk and be like, hey, I don't need sod. But um, that's just a random weird dream to have and like to be able to remember it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, I know there's books and stuff that they say, well, you dream this way for that. I don't, I have no idea. I don't understand it. Um, but it's like with little babies too, when, when they're first born, how they'll dream and. It's like, what are they dreaming about? What can they remember? Where yeah. do we come from? That kind of thing. So. Yeah. I don't know. I think that for me, I there was a time period where I kind of got really into dreams and interpreting them and drawing parallels and understanding them and seeing the higher correlation between all of this and that. And it was fun and it was exciting to a certain extent. And then it's just like, you know what? I don't necessarily need to understand the hows or the whys or all the because. It's just... I like dreaming. I think it's beneficial. I think there is a reason for it. I always think that there's multiple reasons. I don't think there's always just one. So there's multiple reasons why we dream. But I don't care what it is. I think it's just badass. I just like the f- to be able to remember. And that's what I was saying. I'll I'll go months and not remember a dream, then I'll remember it. And that's what I'm saying is like, why why do certain dreams stick out in your head? Sometimes I feel like I just blink my eyes and then my alarm's going off. Mm-hmm. Like so, um, and then like the whole deja vu thing. It's like, oh, this is a dream that you had that you're remembering, but it's almost like psychic type of. Do you have deja vu often? Yeah, it's weird. What do you think that is? I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to explain, and that's the thing. Deja vu is a real word. Everybody has it. Like happens yeah. to everybody. Like there has to be some sort of like where you're just like. I mean, when I was younger, it used to trip me out. Like, oh, man, like something bad's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just like, eh, not, you know, I've gotten older. I'll give you my theory on it because, like you said, everybody knows what it – well, everybody – like when you say, do you know what deja vu is? They're like, yeah, and they yeah. can recall an experience where they had it. And so my theory on what the hell it is, and this is just my theory. I didn't find this in a book or anything. This is me sitting around pondering the deep vastness of things out there. I think that – see, it's going to be a hard concept to explain – but our energy is anywhere and everywhere all at once and we're all interconnected and so there i'm sure you've heard of like a past life so people Mm -hmm. think that in the past you know reincarnation and all this kind of stuff sure i don't believe in past lives i think everything's present and current whether you want to think of it on a straight line and we're all right there just moving perpetually forward or i tend to think of it more like in a sphere in a circle and so my energy's here right now talking to you but somewhere else whether it's technically somewhere else on the planet or somewhere else in the universe. I don't care. But somewhere else I have another portion of my energy that is out there doing something, whether it's in the body of somebody else or in the body of me somewhere else. I don't care. Like I said, I don't have to understand all the specifics of it. But I think when we experience deja vu, it's those two, sometimes three, four, five pieces of energy kind of crossing paths and coming into alignment. 
And so, like, it gets super weird and bizarre. Like, this is the weird hippie alien shit where it's, like, different dimensions. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah, yeah. there's an alternate universe walking along the same path that we're walking along. And then you, those energies kind of mesh and collide or brush past each other. And that's what we call deja vu. So I don't know. That's my theory on it. Uh, uh, that's way more complex I, <laughs> than I ever thought of. But um, I don't know. But you can't you can't unexplain it because it's like it happens. So uh-huh. it's real. So there has to be there has to be something to it. Um, but I don't know like the the whole science behind it or anything. But I have deja vu all the time. Yeah. To where I'm just like, oh yeah, I've been okay. I remember this. So it's kind of weird. Do you have other things? Like, I'm just going to pick your brain because this is fun. Do you have other experiences where you feel like, um, like an easy one to kind of go to is that uh, intuition or that kind of, we always tell our kids, like, it's that uh-oh feeling because sometimes it's really easy to recognize the experience. Yeah, yeah. like in a, in a bad experience where you suddenly you just don't feel like something something's off. Sure. And you have that feeling like that gut drop. Do you have that a lot? I, I don't know. Um like necessarily that feeling but always like growing up my mom was always like you got to go with your gut go with your instinct and uh i've been in a lot of situations where i skinned out you know by my yeah. teeth um i haven't always been on the right side of the law my, my friend always described me as a as a fun loving criminal but that being said <laughs> i've never been arrested you know what i mean never uh gotten any like big trouble but i've always had that like yeah that just doesn't Something doesn't feel right. Something doesn't smell right. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I don't know if it's like my morals and the way my parents raised me or just good luck. See, sometimes I don't know it's, what it is. It, it, sometimes it seems like it's just, like you said, luck. Like it's just happenstance. Yeah. Because that's kind of the same way. I did dumb shit my whole life. Yeah. And I never got in big trouble. I never, you know, I think the worst thing I ever got caught for when I was a teenager was breaking mailboxes or something like that. I never... I never got caught for the really serious stuff that sure. I did, but then again, I never really did super bad things. Yeah. And but it makes you wonder sometimes why did I, like you said, is it how I was brought up or how you know morals or whatever the case may be, or was it merely just luck that I chose to go this direction as opposed to that direction? Yeah, I don't know. It's, and it's weird how one little one little thing like that can uh, can change your whole your whole life, you know. And that I think that's like with kids nowadays, they don't understand that like you know putting a uh, a nude pic on the internet or going to watch a fight or whatever could change your whole life you know i mm-hmm. had i had a situation when uh way back i mean 15 years ago pre-married uh uh situation with a, my girlfriend's a guy she was messing around with at at uh at uh her work and uh, uh i saw i met him in a park had a few words with him <laughs> but um uh, luckily, I was able to skin out of that situation by uh, the skin of my teeth. His mom happened to be a hiring manager at a corporation, and uh, I still work at that corporation today. I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> say it out loud. But point being, um, if uh, you know, 15, 20 years ago when I was a high school kid, if I had a, his mom never would have hired me. Yeah. I never would work for the corporation that I do now. I wouldn't live in the city that I live in. I wouldn't have all the stuff going on. Just one little. Um, dumb, you know, high school mistake, change your whole life. Yeah. It's interesting. It is. That's the stuff I love thinking about. Yeah. I always think about that in regards to where I'm at in life, right? And just the current position of my life and where it's going. And then I also move throughout my day and through my week and my years and things like that, thinking about all the little things that I'm currently doing and how they're going to have ramifications five years from now that I may not even be aware of at this point. And 
That's some cosmic weird shit. Yeah, it is. And, and that's the thing is like meeting people and doing this. And, and uh, it's like now that I'm, in, I'm into uh, martial arts is it's like I've been in martial arts my whole life, but um, it attracts just every kind of human on planet Earth. Like, yeah. We train with, uh, you know, spiritual guys like you. We have, uh, I mean, police officers, engineers, you know, tough guys, uh, dog groomers, hairstylists. It's just random weird. So um, just, you know, just touching into their life, you meet this person and that's like this, the whole, you know, whole six degrees of separation. Mm-hmm. Like, I would never think that I'd be, you know, hanging out over here with some hairdressers, but yeah, this is where my, this is where my <laughs> life has brought me. It's, it's interesting. It is. It's it crazy. is weird. Um, let's talk about not just your gym, not just about fighting and everything like that. But one thing I want to ask you, cause when we were talking about dreams, you go to that place, you have that experience, you can see how you benefit from it. Cause you, like you said, you sleep better, you're awake, you know, your the rest of your day kind of moves a little bit easier and things like that. Are you, or have you tried to incorporate any sort of bringing that feeling into your present day? So like meditation or mindfulness or anything like that? Not really. Um, no, I've never really meditated. I went to a few um, Eric Paulson seminars. He's a world famous uh, catch wrestler, martial artist, trained Brock, Brock Lesnar, Ken Shamrock, Sean Shirk. Um, I went to some of his seminars, and like for the last hour of every day, that's what we would do. We would like uh, take deep breaths in, deep breaths out, like touch our fingers, all this weird kind of like uh-huh. to try to get into like a happy spot. And uh, to try to like get into meditation, and I tr- I tried it a few times on my own, and was never really able to. I didn't really know what I was looking for. Like, yeah, I don't know. Am I here yet? <laughs> Do I keep going? Like, I don't Hold know. on, wait yeah, a minute. Yeah. I don't I know. Think I'm there. Yeah, I don't know if I was just hyperventilating or getting lightheaded. <laughs> I'm I'm not sure, but uh, I know I know all that stuff inter- intertwines because I I've uh, I was wa- reading an article about. Uh, a guy who got knocked unconscious in an MMA fight and they had like a, he's like an Indian shaman was in this corner and he's like singing these like ayahuasca, like dreamland songs to him. Yeah. And the dude's out cold, you know, in front of 10,000 people. And the, the guy's just rubbing his belly, like singing to him like, oh, he's in dreamland. He'll come to. And then the guy comes to, what? oh, it's all right, man. You got knocked out. No problem. And uh, so I know it's all, it's all, you know, in correlation and stuff, but I don't really know how it all intertwangles, you know. That's cool. That's cool. He has a shaman in his corner. Yeah, he had a he shaman. Out. Yeah, and, that's and awesome. There, there. He was singing like ayahuasca songs. Too, yeah, like, just kind of like, all right, you know, you're dreaming. It's okay. Come on. I've been choked unconscious too. Yeah. Um, uh, I got choked unconscious with a gi choke, and same thing, right? Literally choked unconscious for a few seconds. But when I got choked unconscious, I dreamed I was on an airplane, and I was like talking to a stewardess, and then all of a sudden I wake up, and my instructor had a hold of my feet shaking my feet to get the blood back to my brain. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I had like a real life, 100% dream. I dreamed I was on an airplane and then I was just like, did I go out? And everybody, nobody said anything. <laughs> I'm like, I went to sleep, didn't I? Nobody said anything. And I'm like, well, I dreamed I was on an airplane. Well, they're all, there's your answer. <laughs> yeah. Just that brief second too. Isn't oh, that nuts? Yeah. It was so crazy, but it was like, like, and that's what I compare it to. Like a, like a scene in a movie. Mm-hmm. It was just like a quick scene. Like, I don't know if she's asked me if I wanted peanuts or club soda or whatever. I don't remember that, but I remember being in an airplane, vivid talking to her. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, I was dreaming. Yeah. And you're probably out for like maybe 10, 15 seconds at the most. Yeah. It was just crazy. That's weird. I'll have that too. Like when I'm falling, like I'll take a nap in the middle of the day and you're falling asleep, but you're not asleep and you're in and out and you're, I don't know. It's just bizarre. I want to challenge you, okay? Because you said 
that you don't know what you're looking for if you're in that spot when you're meditating. Yeah. And so I want you to think about when you're rolling with somebody and you're like really in that place and then in that zone where you're, because you're, mistake me if I'm wrong, you're like a purple belt or blue belt. Yeah, I'm a purple belt. Purple belt. Um, you're in that space, okay? Sure. And literally you're not thinking about anything else. When you're rolling with somebody and you're in that space, there's times when you're kind of thinking around or you're kind of, or if you're, or if you're training people or if you're teaching or something like that. But when you're going with somebody else, that's really good. And you're just rolling and you're just in that space. You're not going through your list in your head. You're not running through all the different things that you have to do. And you're literally just in that space. And there's also times I think, cause I've experienced too, where like it becomes really fluid and you're not thinking about, um, you know, the next move or this or that, you're just, I don't know, there's just a really happy place that you get to sometimes when you're, you know, you're rolling and you're in jujitsu and everything like that. Have you experienced that? Yeah, I experience that all the time. We, we, uh, I don't know, I think that's part of the, like the addictive part of jujitsu is because when people who don't understand it or just like, oh, that seems weird and gross, when like someone's trying to choke you or break your arm, mm-hmm. you, you don't think about bills or um, work or ex-wives or none of that. You're just like, you're in the moment your brain is you know like you're concentrated on what you're doing and just doing your thing and it's like for that however long you roll 20 minutes 30 minutes it's just you're you're just in the moment yeah you're just like you're not thinking about anything else and uh, that's the part that i like about it the most yeah it's just like my me time because mm-hmm. i tell people that i go choking people for fun keeps me from choking people for real <laughs> yeah because it's just like oh that just that that total when you're done but the ability just to be in the moment. Um, sometimes like when I get really tired or like I'm almost out of breath and sometimes you get that like your brain has to talk to your soul because you feel like you're going to die type of thing. Mm-hmm. So um, but yeah, I, that happens to me all the time to where you're just, you're just going, you know. That's a form of meditation. They say that and I never you're realized You're already that. there. You're already doing it. Because the reality is when the, the, the idea behind meditation is that it is some heightened awareness state of living and you get to this place and it's the own you're sitting there quietly and you've got your like you said i'm breathing and i'm doing all these different techniques to reach this place it's not it's really just about quieting the conscious mind and kind of letting the subconscious wake up and start stretching its legs and doing its thing and so when you when you have things like jujitsu or it, it really it's anything that kind of takes your conscious mind out and you're not spinning in all the different things. Because if you think about it, there's meditation techniques where you would focus your intent like on a, on a candle or on a flame or something like that. And so your focus is on that because what you're doing is you're distracting your conscious mind so that it can slow down and kind of quiet. So your focus is on that. In jiu-jitsu, you're just focused on rolling. You're just focused on that moment in that space. Like you said, you're not thinking about anything else. So your conscious mind quiets and goes to sleep in a sense and kind of gets turned down and then everything else kind of wakes up. So you're already doing it. That's crazy. So you have to remember that experience and that feeling of, you know, because there's definitely physical aspects of it too when you're (laughs) you're rolling. Oh, yeah. But the kind of go, you know, deeper into the space of like, okay, there's that. I I can kind of understand what he's talking about, the mental aspect of when you're in that space and then just look for it in other ways and in other places and 
Well, and that's the thing. Like sometimes after like a real good gnarly roll or a real good practice, it's just like, uh, I just feel like I'm just chilling on a mountaintop or Mm -hmm. hanging out on a bridge or just your body, even though you're tired, it's like you feel like your mind has got to work out too. Yeah. Because jujitsu, I mean, it's like, like they say, it's like a chess game. You're always thinking this move, that move. And you drill them to where, you know, you don't really have to think. And it just becomes like, you know, one little place you got stuck or one little place you couldn't figure out, you know, that type of thing you'll think about. You said you did martial arts your whole life pretty much. Well, I like I've always boxed and wrestled. And uh, my dad, uh, we I mean, I had a heavy bag hanging in my garage when I was mm-hmm. a kid. I was into like all those martial arts movies. We did like a couple karate classes and stuff when we were a kid. My dad has always been like a fan. Um. Uh, and anybody <laughs> who's in the like the martial arts field is like everybody had their inspiration. My inspiration was Jean Claude. You know, <laughs> everybody before that was Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris. But yeah, that's the whole um, the whole you know emphasis behind it is you got it. You know, whether it was Michael Jordan or Larry Bird or whoever got you into playing basketball or mm-hmm. whatever you're into. Um, I just my dad was always like a, we were always watching boxing. We rented uh, Mike uh, Mike Tyson fights. We were just we were always into that kind of stuff. Did you grow up fighting, meaning like, you know, at school and brawling with kids and all that kind of shit? Um, well, kind of. I always had that. I actually I grew up in uh, Buckeye, Arizona. So as I, like the crow flies, it's from Tooele to Ogden, away okay. from the border. So uh, I grew up in a pr- predominantly all Hispanic town. Um, I wouldn't say I was a minority, but uh, it was at least 50-50. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh, but I always had that... Uh, person and this is what i always try to explain this pe- this stuff to people with with jujitsu is i've always been a confident person mm-hmm. and what mar- martial arts do is give you confidence like i was never ever afraid of an ass whooping i was always confident which kept me out of a lot of trouble i have a brother who um uh, mentally disabled he got held back in school he he uh, uh had hearing problems and everybody always picked on him he was just that little shy kid in the corner but my brother is literally one of the toughest humans I've ever met. And then finally, in about like seventh grade, he uh, he started to defend himself and then realized, well, that's what, besides writing <laughs> and drawing, these these hands can do some other things. Yeah. And then people quit picking on him, you know. But uh, I, I got in, you know, I wouldn't say a lot of fights, probably maybe eight to ten fights growing up in um, junior high and grade school. But I was just that type of person to where, like, I would take a black eye before I would let you think that I was going to let you pick on me. Mm-hmm. I'm just not, um, you know. So I don't know. I've always never been afraid to mix it up. It was always interest me, like grappling, res- pro wrestling when I was a kid. You I used to love the pro wrestling. <laughs> and that, that's kind of how I, and I hate to admit that, but that's kind of how I got my start into, um, into what I do now is I went to, like I say, in the Eric Paulson, he's a, a catch wrestler. A lot of people don't know this, but pro wrestling derives from catch wrestling. A lot uh-huh. of the, a lot of the moves and stuff that they do in pro wrestling are uh, watered down catch wrestling techniques. And when I was a kid, I was more of a fan of uh, the WCW. They had two different, you know, mainstream federations. Uh-huh. I didn't, did you know this? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, I never got super into it, but I remember watching. Yeah. It. So I'm I'm gonna nerd out on you for a minute. So um, when I was a kid in the '80s. Um, I watched a lot of WCW, which is a world championship wrestling. This is pre-NWO. <laughs> well, uh, when uh, Jim Crockett owned uh, the AWA, he had a uh, like a contract with the with New Japan Pro Wrestling. So during the 80s, all the pro wrestlers were all roided up. Mm-hmm. So the Japanese, they loved that, like the superhero 
kind of athlete that the uh, that the United States had. So they would trade guys. So um, um, the American wrestlers would go to Japan. They would do like a three month or a six month stint, and then the Japanese wrestlers would come to America. And the same thing. Um, we had the Great Muda, Jushin Thunder Lager. They would come. And when I was a kid, not knowing it subconsciously, I was always attracted to the Japanese style of wrestling because it looked more real to me. Yeah, it looked more. Um, it didn't look as fake and as as the as the American style did. Well, uh, come to find out, uh, Japanese wrestling is just watered down catch wrestling. Carl Gotch, who was a world champion um, wrestler, wrestled. Uh, I think he was in the Olympics and all that kind of stuff. Went to Japan. He actually came to the United States. Carl Gotch did. And uh, Buddy Rogers, who Ric Flair, Nature Boy Ric Flair, do you know who that guy uh-huh. is? So uh, the Nature Boy Buddy Rogers, he, his uh, finishing move was the figure four. So Ric Flair stole the Nature Boy Buddy Rogers, stole his nickname and his finishing move. <laughs> so Buddy Rogers back in the, the 50s and 60s was the, uh, the NWA champion. So they would go all around. He would be the champion in the United States. Well, Carl Gotch comes to the United States, and they get into a real-life fist fight backstage well carl gotts takes him down puts him in a submission hold and breaks his arm so they're like jesus you broke his you know you can't do that like they've already had three months of tickets already sold like what yeah. are you gonna so they kind of banished carl gotts to japan so he stayed in japan and that's where he made his living and he taught all the japanese uh, like basic basically watered down catch wrestling which are hammer locks and a lot of uh toe holds and so like nowadays people know like brock lesnar for example mm-hmm. brock lesnar is the real deal but um, because of MMA, but pre-MMA, all the best wrestlers in the world, um, uh, NCAA wrestlers, Olympic wrestlers, all went into pro wrestling because that was the way to make money. Yeah. So, um, so what Brock Lesnar's doing now, people have been doing for two, three hundred years. They would do, um, they would wrestle in carnivals and stuff, and like real fights, and then they would do stage fights, and you know to make money. So, anyway, that's kind of how uh, I got into. What I was into now, I, I worked with a guy, and YouTube being YouTube, I was watching pro wrestling videos, and then it links to this video, <laughs> and the, you know how YouTube yeah, works. Yeah. And uh, I was watching some Eric Paulson videos because Eric Paulson was um, the champ. He's the first American to win Shudo. So um, the guy who invented Shudo. So this was like 1987 to like 1992. They were doing Shudo in Japan, which was pre UFC, but it was just like uh, UFC. Um, the guy who invented it, his name was Tiger Mask. He was a pro wrestler. Jeff- Tiger Mask? Tiger Mask. That's a badass name. Yeah. Uh, and what's funny, if you watch the old, uh, watch his old matches, he does a lot of like, it's all, you know, it looks like jujitsu, but they mm-hmm. just they just put some flash on it. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, YouTube being YouTube, Tiger Mask running Shudo. From, so somehow I, I stumbled from pro wrestling videos into this Tiger Mask video. And somehow I got to an Eric Paulson video because he won Shudo. I don't know how, somehow it. And I was watching Eric Paulson videos, and um, he uh, he did a lot of, like, acting, and uh, he fought uh, Matt Hume. Um, but anyway, so I come to work. And I was like, yeah, I was watching these badass videos on this and that, and blah, 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 Eric Paulson. And my buddy's like, well, I know Eric Paulson. I'm like, bullshit. <laughs> he goes, I'm serious. He comes to Utah every March. I'm like, no way. He goes, yeah, I'll bring you a flyer tomorrow. Like, whatever, man. So he comes to work the next day, brings me a flyer to go to his seminar. And uh, I went to his seminar, and it was like, it it's like trying to catch water. Like, they dump a bucket of water on you. It was just so much information. Yeah. Um, it, uh, we did five hours Saturday, five hours Sunday. And from that day forth, I was just like, I'm hooked, man. 
I can go somewhere and people can teach me this and uh, started competing and one thing led to another and here we are. Yeah, and now you have your gym. I do. Let's talk about that because <clears throat> when you when I was thinking about you coming on the show and everything like that, the fact is I think everybody is connected to the universe and incorporates energy into their everyday life. They just don't realize it. So I want to I want to talk about the journey and the experience of not just running your own business. It's been hell. Don't do it, people. <laughs> it's it's it is hell. It's a, it's a pain in the ass. But you're doing well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like you said, you've had to work, and it's been a struggle and things like that. But because there's an aspect of it where you have this idea, like you're going to do this. I'm going to open up my gym. I'm going to start teaching people. I'm going to start training, and hopefully people will come. Right. Yeah. I'm going to build it, and hopefully they're going to come. Yeah. And now they're coming, and now it's working, and everything like that. But what do you remember? Like a moment where how did the whole thing come into play? Like where you decided this is what I want to do. I'm going to open up a gym. I'm going to start teaching people. Was it a real natural progression? Well, actually or? like I, that's something like I never really wanted to do. So, um, uh, what happened was I went to those seminars mm -hmm. and, um, the thing about like striking arts is like you can, you can bob underneath a rope, you can jump rope, you can hit a heavy bag, you can shadow box, you can do all this stuff, but, uh, you don't necessarily need, uh, a partner, you know, to yeah. practice boxing. Well, grappling, you need a partner. So, <laughs> so, um, uh, I just kind of shopped around to my friends. And at first they were like, man, this is weird. We're going to come. I bought some mats in my basement. Uh -huh. And, uh, cause I wanted, you know, I, uh, when I went to the seminar, I took notes, like, um, just took notes of the moves. I wrote them all down, like what moves go to what. And then I would practice them at home. And then after a while, my wife and my kids are like, man, we're not having this anymore. <laughs> Beating so, up on the family. Yeah, so I got a couple of my buddies to come over, and it was just like, it was a rough go at first, but um, I did my first um, jiu-jitsu competition, and uh, uh, went really well. So basically without a coach, um, just from learning moves on YouTube and going to a couple of seminars, we were able to compete with the best gyms in Utah, um, just by practice and, you know, we practice three, four times a week. We would go hard, you know, yeah, and just trial by air type of thing. And then, um, basically once the medals started to come in, then people are like, Oh, it, now it's not weird going to wrestling with you in your basement. <laughs> and, uh, um, then I had a buddy, my buddy, Micah talked me into, you know, Hey, uh, we should open a gym. And I'm just like, ah, I don't know. You know, I, cause I, I'm that guy. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm that the pit of my stomach. Like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. And, uh, but, um, I felt like it was something that Tawilla needed, you know, and, uh, we lucked out and this is basically what changed the whole thing was, uh, he bought a, uh, Micah bought a car from a Brazilian, Brazilian, um, car dealership. So these guys that own the dealership in, on state street in Salt Lake, um, they were all Brazilian with well, him being a smart ass says, well, do you guys know Brazilian Jiu Jitsu? And they said, no, but we got a buddy. So they gave us, uh, his name is Gustavo Rodriguez. He's a second degree Gracie Jiu-Jitsu black belt. He's from uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil, Santo Sao Paulo, Brazil. But uh, he's trained. Right now, the baddest guy in Jiu-Jitsu is, is Buchecha. Um, Ricardo Almeida Buchecha. Gustavo trained him, trained his coach, all in Brazil. Mm -hmm. uh, came to the United States with his brother-in-law, opened a gym up in Leighton. And uh, we went and interviewed him, got real good vibes from him, you know. We'll... Uh, he told me that he had, he knew Court, Court McGee, because Court's from uh, Leighton. Um, I graduated from Leighton High. That's how I know Court. But uh, 
he told me that, yeah, when he first started training jiu-jitsu, he used to train with Gustavo. And uh, he's one of the top two to five gi guys in the state of Utah. You know, why do you ask? And I said, well, you're not going to believe this, um, but I just hired that guy to be my jiu-jitsu instructor. He's like, no shit. And I'm like, yeah. So basically, that's kind of how it started. Getting Gustavo was like the piece to like yeah. make us relevant because people – now people aren't so like, oh, you got to be a black belt as long as uh, we go to competitions and we're winning medals and stuff. But in in the beginning, like in jiu-jitsu, like your belt rank and who you train with, it, it's everything. Uh-huh. There's a there's a lot of McDojos out there. People, you know, got their black belt in 1985, and then they watch some jiu-jitsu videos on, <laughs> on the internet, and they yeah. try to pawn that stuff off. Well, it's like how you started out. You're like, I'm watching wrestling yeah. videos on yeah, YouTube yeah. one day. Yeah, so, and, and, but when you run a business and stuff, you got, you know what I mean? There's a whole, there's a whole thing. So having, having uh, Gustavo, you know, being one of the coach, best coaches in the state, um, legitimizing our business, and, uh, and then just grinding, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Grinding, robbing Peter to pay Paul. I had to borrow money from my parents, still work a full-time job. But, um, I mean, and there was a couple of times it's like, cause that's what you're taught your whole life. And as you're, as I'm growing as a man, you're learning that everything that you were taught as a kid isn't always true. Yeah. So you're trying to weed through like what's true and what's not true. So like, is like believing in your dream and chasing the dream and not sleeping and not having any money. Is that really what you're supposed to do? Yeah. Cause all that other horse shit they told you, the Easter bunny and all that other uh-huh. stuff, you know what I mean? So, um, but just through dedication, love, and grappling, uh, you know, and I love kids, and um, and and that's the thing. Originally, my original business partner, um, who I ended up buying out a few years ago, um, he was supposed to be kind of like the businessman, and I was going to do like the instructing type thing. Yeah. But uh, then when I became like the, the the guy, I had to learn how to be a businessman and what to do, what to spend money on, what not to spend money on, like the whole advertising thing. I mean, yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Dude, advertising is the biggest gamble in the world. Yeah. Because it's like, there's no, there's really no, you know what I mean? No set thing, you know, and w- w- give me, I'll tell you what, Mr. Asbury, you give me $400 and you might get this. Uh-huh. Like, I can yeah. go to Wendover and give them $400 <laughs> and I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it is I, a gamble yeah, every time. And, uh, but that's the nice thing about Facebook and, uh, is um, through kind of, you know, just like a grassroots type of organically, my business has grown because the reality of it is, um, and I knew it back then, but the reality of it is now we have the best product in Tooele County. Yeah. We have the best instructors. Um, we do well. Um, last month we went and we competed and a lot of people don't know this either, but besides Brazil, Abu Dhabi and San Diego, um, Utah is a hot spot for Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It's been here since 1991, Pedro Sauer was here in Utah teaching Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu before the first UFC. He, um, there's actually a video on YouTube where he fought Mr. Utah in a bare knuckle fight in a, in a gym. <laughs> Have you seen that? No. Yeah. I'll have to pull it up. Yeah. So this was pre-UFC. People are they're talking shit on the radio. Yeah, I got this guy. They meet up in the gym and they have a fist fight be- before they knew about what Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was about. But we Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is a hot spot in Utah. And last month, our team took second place in the whole state. Versus guys from Ogden, Salt Lake, um, St. George, everywhere. That's kick ass. Yeah. So, and then we have uh, um, we're uh, we're four and one in MMA. We go and compete against all the the main gyms, um, Absolute MMA, Victory MMA. We've got wins against all those guys. Um, but where now, 
that's the problem that I had before is the whole advertising thing. Like I tell people when, uh, if you owned a restaurant and I told you, Hey, Craig, I got the best burrito in town. You're going to be like, yeah, bullshit, Keith. <laughs> you just want my $5. Uh-huh. You know, I always said we had the best product, but um, just through determination, um, wins at tournaments, wins at MMA fights, people, you know, have come to see that, you know, in in, in a real life, uh, I just did a uh, some self-defense for the Grantsville Police Department. I had all those guys come in, and we, uh, we did some, uh, like, modified jiu-jitsu techniques to put guys in handcuffs. Um, and the reality of in a real, you know, life or death street fight with women, worst case scenario for a woman is to be on her back with some guy between her legs that she doesn't want there. Yeah. And karate and boxing and taekwondo and kempo and all that stuff, they don't address that. And I'm not one of those. And I, like I said, I've been into, like, I do capoeira. I, uh, I do Muay Thai. I do it all. I like martial arts. But that being said, like, I wouldn't hand you a shovel and I say, hey, Craig, go hang a pitcher with us. <laughs> Nor would I hand you a hammer and say, hey, go dig a hole with us. But does that mean that a shovel and a hammer is not a good tool? They're both great tools if they're used in the right thing. And the reality of that's what in 1993, Hoist Gracie showed the world that you got to know how to fight on the ground. Yeah. And that's what we do. We have one of the best instructors, one of the best programs in the state. And like I try to explain, tell people, it's like we got... We, we got a, a high like a high price value for a small town price you know what I mean our pr- our prices are reasonable and we have good um, now with the new gym where I teamed up with Ty Bateman with Gift Fit with Ty we have the best strength and conditioning meal plans um, uh, stand up fighting ground fighting we you teach the whole package an- yeah we teach anti bullying we do we do all that stuff um, uh, I help out at the schools you know what I mean we do rape prevent we do everything and and all this started from Watching pro wrestling as yeah, a kid. <laughs> watching pro wrestling and then your buddy going and buying a, a car from some Brazilians. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was that's what I was alluding to earlier when it's just like one little thing that just like you know what I mean. Yeah. It's just like how how do how do I go from from training people in my basement to this? You know, I, I li- and it, and it's like like your parents say, you know, have a dream and and chase it, and uh, that's literally what I've done. But it hasn't been easy. I've <laughs> well, I'm listening to you talk about and tell your story about all this stuff, right? And it's I love it because, first off, you've done an amazing job. Um, but it tells me, because you talked about, like, some of the sh- some of the stuff that the, we were told as kids is bullshit. Yeah. And it's not just the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If my kids are listening, I apologize. But <laughs> the fact is there's a lot of these kind of misconceptions or misnomers that are not just things that we were brought up and raised with. Our parents were as well. Sure. But, you know, thoughts and things like that out there in society and out there in the world. And the fact is you are passionate about MMA. You're, you know, passionate about mixed martial arts and everything like that. And you've been able to turn that into what you're doing now. Like you said, I didn't necessarily want, this wasn't my plan per se, but the universe shifted and aligned and put me in this position and I like it and I love it and I'm passionate about it and I'm good at it. And then when you have something like that, that you can then put behind the drive and the focus and the determination. And like you said, you've worked, it's not easy. No, You didn't just sit on your ass and people started coming to your gym. No, You had to work. But that's the whole thing. Like, that's my belief. Find something that you're passionate about and then do that. Yeah. And don't be concerned about, you know, well, I'm not going to make a lot of money doing this or I'm not going to, you know, be successful or how am I going to, that's okay. Don't worry about that. If you're passionate about it and you love it, do it. And then eventually, and 
you know what, who knows the timeline or the time frame? Like you said, it's like with advertising, well, you're going to give me a hundred dollars and I'm going to get a thousand dollars in return for it. You don't know. No. But the idea is do what you're passionate about and just focus on that. And when you do, I believe the universe then shifts and lines up different yeah. things. Well, and that's what Ty, you need to get Ty on here as well, but he's always about like positive thinking and this and that. And I, I heed a lot of his advice about like thinking uh, positive. And that's one thing that I've been doing a lot lately with the theta waves and just like taking it all in is like, you know, there, cause you, I don't know if it's just cause we live in America, but you always want what you don't have, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. and, and it's like, I'm telling my, I tell my wife, like I live in a nice house. Both my cars are paid off. Like people, I mean, they would slip my throat to be in the position that I'm in. And I always feel like I'm struggling. I want the next thing, you know, but I've been able to like, Ah, take a deep breath and like oh, I'm I'm happy where I'm at like as a man um like as a husband as a father you know I got kids and uh try to balance everything because mm -hmm. before like um and Eric Paulson too I was watching one of his videos that's what he's saying in life you can't like you can't have too much religion you can't have like too much free time you can't have too much work too much anything will stress you out for sure you know what I mean so um even good things. Yeah, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to hit the mic there. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> but even good things yeah, in sure. an abundance is it's not good, right? Yeah, so it, you, you have to have that. You have to have that balance. And that's one thing that um, when I first opened the gym, it was gym, 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 gym. Mm -hmm. I got to just because it's not working, I'm not spending enough time here. Also, well, Keith, you're here 22 hours a day. You got to be here 23 hours a day. That's yeah. what you do. You work hard. Good things will happen. And then eventually I'm just like, that place isn't going to burn down. Okay, it'll be there. <laughs> I got good people behind me taking care. You, you, you got to take a day off. You got to relax. And then it makes you more, uh, more uh, like positive and more, you know, a better worker when you're not all stressed out and wore down. And mm -hmm. You, you got to take, you know, you got to take some me time. I, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. You're good. I mean, it's a wonderful concept and it's a wonderful idea. And the fact is there's huge parallels to the whole realm of spirituality and all that kind of shit, because it's all about being balanced. Mm -hmm. It's all about being centered. And you can see when you are out of balance, yep. because like you said, life's harder. Uh, you're more stressed. You're not sleeping well. Your relationships are going to kind of suffer. Like, mm -hmm. you, you know, you're going to have more discontent between you and your wife and all that kind of different, all those different dynamics. And what right now in your life currently, because like you said, your Google brain, like your ADD, what right now in your life are you over obsessing about? Are you still focusing too much on where maybe if you'd, if you'd pull back a little bit, you'd find a little bit more peace and balance and also answer sometimes. I, you know, I don't know. I, I'm trying to like, um, trying to not stress out too much of one thing. And that's one thing that I learned too, was like running, running a business. Like I, for the last 13 years of my life, I worked for a corporation to where every two weeks I get paid a dollar amount mm -hmm. that I've known for the past 13 years, you know, minus 20 to $50, depending on what time I clocked out, I knew exactly how much money I was going to get. So when you're a business owner, right, nothing's charted for you. Mm -hmm. So it's like that, that's probably that was like the biggest, like, I mean, just stress and worry oh money 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 this and that and like and i never was late on my rent lights never got turned off it was always there yeah but like i feel like i wasted so much time and energy worrying about stuff that i couldn't control when at the end of the month the money was always in the bank the lights never got turned off i feel like that's so much energy that i wasted i could have been spending with my kids or my wife or not being such an asshole when i came home like 
like you know like oh god i'm thinking about it. it's worrying doesn't fix today's problems you know what i mean for sure it doesn't it just it ruins it ruins your tomorrow it ruins the rest of your day so i and i think i get that from my parents man like being right they just worry about everything yeah well, what if you go outside and a meteor does this and that and you get hit? <laughs> i'm just like well you know you know whatever ha whatever happens is going to happen and um, just to try to live in the moment, be happy. Cause we're not, you know, you're not promised, you're not promised tomorrow. Like I was telling you, my, um, parents house almost burned down the other day. When yeah. I mean, when I mean almost burned down, I mean like holes burnt. <laughs> I mean, it was bad. And it's like, that makes you put into like, like perception, like in reality, like what is, what do I care about? What do I not care about? Well, having your house burned to the ground is scary. It is scary. And all that, all that other stuff going on, it's just like, man, there's, there's some people down there that, um, literally, it literally looks like a war zone. Their house just burnt to the ground. Mm -hmm. So do you, do you think they give a shit how many gigs they get on their Facebook account or <laughs> this or that? Somebody said this about nobody. They don't care about that. They want to know where they're going to eat and sleep and mm -hmm. where their next meal's coming from. So, I just try to be happy. Like I built a good thing and just try to, you know, be more, I've been saying it for the last probably year now, be more spiritual, just be more like who I am. I am who I am. You know, if you don't like it, you know, and, and once I started doing that with my business, same thing. Like I, when you first open, when you're, when the, when the revenue is not coming in, you want to try to appease everybody. You do. You want to try to reach out and yeah, grab yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah. And now it's just like, you would never go to Taco Bell and beat on the window and be like, Hey, there's no pizza on the, on this menu assholes. What's going on here? Uh -huh. It's like, this is what we do. This is how we do it. If you don't like it, Hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about your luck. And that's kind of how I feel like it's changed me too. I am who I am, man. You know, I got ADD. I say the F word a lot. <laughs> But I won't steal from you. I won't lie to you. You know what I mean? I yeah. Am, I am who I am. Well, it's a good way to live. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. it's a. I think it's the right way to live. Wrong or right, it's indifferent. It's, sure. You know, but I think it's a. I think it's a healthy way to live, and balancing all things, good and bad. Right. I mean, there's nothing wrong with drinking. There's nothing wrong with smoking. There's nothing wrong with drugs necessarily. It's all your perspective and your sure. mindset, but sure. everything in balance. I drink way too much coffee, but coffee's not bad for you. It's just when you drink two pots a day. Yeah. And so. I think it's neat that you can see the correlation between kind of your mind, um, your perspective changing, your thoughts kind of changing, and then how that has made things easier. And then also at the same time, you're kind of more successful. Yeah. Like the business is doing better. Like you yeah. said, you just open up a new kick-ass gym, a new space and everything like that. And I mean, there's a lot to be said about that when you can let go of some of the stress and anxiety of worrying about tomorrow and stressing about yesterday and not really being present in the moment. Yeah. Then it keeps you stuck in that space. Well, and that's, that's all I, I mean, like, uh, that's what I told the wife is this like, well, this and that I'm like, well, whatever happens, happens like opening in the new spot. Mm -hmm. I was like, they can't take our kids. They can't take our dog. <laughs> you know what I mean? My, that's my, nerve wracking. Yeah. Though, huh? And that, and that's the thing. Everybody. Yeah. Well, yeah, do this or do that. Like, you know, eh, go no. kick that guy's ass. Well, it's because he's not going to be punching you. Yeah. It's easier. It's easy to say when it's not your stress. It's not you, your lack of sleep. It's not your money. Yeah. Everybody's got ideas. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we should do this and do that. It's like they have, they have no, no idea, but, um, I'm just trying to, like I said, live life, be happy, be, be content. Um, and trying to raise, raise good humans, you know. I got two kids. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. And How that, old are your kids? My kids are uh, seven and nine. Yeah. And that's the thing, too, is like 
I don't want, I don't want my kids to, and I want my kid. And that's the thing is like, and it's a battle, like with running your own business. It's like you, um, I had a talk with my wife. It's like, I don't want my kids to think that it's okay just to be another number and wake up and work for a corporation and 401k and 30 years and done. I know. How funny is that? Cause I have that same thing. Like I've got a 17 year old daughter. She's going to be a senior this year. So yeah. she's getting ready for that whole nother phase of her life. She's going yeah. to go to college or anything like that. And I'm telling her, like, do what you love, be passionate about mm-hmm. what you do, chase those dreams, sure. go out there and do that. But then I still have this part of me that's like, well, you need to get a job, yeah. you need to do this, you know, it's 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 okay if you have to go work in that shitty job for the yeah. time being because you got to pay for stuff. And yeah. It's it's a hard balance because the reality is you don't want to raise your kids with that mindset that yeah. they have to go out and get some shitty job that they work for 30 years mm-hmm. and then retire and live. Well, and that's the thing too. Like I was talking to one of one of my uh, buddies who uh, he hangs drywall. Mm-hmm. It's like, in reality, like I'm jealous of his life and he's jealous of my life, <laughs> you know, because he doesn't have a boss. Uh-huh. He bids his own jobs. He don't have to wake up to an alarm. He does this. He can figure out, you know. But he don't have that, you know. Every two weeks, I'm gonna have this dollar amount. Yeah. But he don't have a, a, a boss breathing down his neck. You know what I mean? But he don't have a 401k. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Well, I got a 401k that I can. Only take out so much, you know. <laughs> you know, it's my money. I don't want to get into that kind of yeah. stuff. But, uh, but that's the thing is, it's like you know, raising kids is rough because I want to. I want. It's like, well, if you know, I wouldn't want my daughter to be a stripper. But if that's really what you will want to do, <laughs> if that's your passion. Yeah, it's like I don't want you to work for thirty years for a corporation. But if that's what you want, you know, what I mean, I just want them to not have that. Because, I mean, for years, and that's the thing, like, I, that's what I think helped propel me and helped perpetuate everything that's going on is doing what I did for so long at a corporate. That's not what I wanted to do. You know, yeah. when I grew up, I, I never wanted to, you know, clock in, work a nine to five, do this, climb the corporate ladder. Like, I never felt like that was me. Like, that, like to be successful, to, like, be a boss at a place and boss people around who don't like what they're doing. You don't want to do that? No, hell no. But, um... It's just like once you get into that rut and you get used to the money and then it just becomes, and it's literally a blink of the eye and it's 13 years later. Yeah. Gone. I remember my first day of work, like what I, the song I was listening to, the shoes I had on, and it's like poof, gone. 13 years, poof. It's just like going through school, you know, like, mm-hmm. like holy crap, I'm a senior. Like it just went by so fast. So to be able to to, to chase the dream and, and, that's, and that's the reality of it is like, I try to explain that to people. It's like, would you rather, you know, would you rather coach a soccer team for 30 grand a year or would you rather work for a corporation for 30? You'd rather coach a soccer team, right? If that's yeah. your passion. Um, so what I'm doing now, I'll probably never make me rich, you know, but the goal is uh, is to, you know, just be happy, do what I love, pay my bills. And, you know, there's people all the time, you know, you get, see all these actors going to jail for not paying their taxes and this. Money doesn't solve everything. No, you know? it doesn't. And no matter what, what you know, tax bracket you're in, there's always going to be some sort of money issue. But um, the the goal for me is just to try to, you know, I like teaching little kids. I feel like everybody has their purpose in life, and I've always felt like all the jobs I ever worked on, I was always the trainer. I was always the this, the that, and uh, I feel like I was put on earth to to be a teacher. You know what I mean? To like show people under um have have them understand stuff and that's the thing like with jujitsu 
was it just came so natural to me, mm-hmm. like understanding it. I could literally see a move and catch a guy with it at the end of class and then just remember it. Yeah. Like having a, I have a good memory, you know, so the ability to remember all the moves, remember the names, the transitions, all that kinds of stuff. And uh, my wife always gives me a hard time about being the baby whisperer. She's like, yeah, you're like the baby whisperer. You should, <laughs> you should open a daycare. I just like little, you know what I mean? Like what a, a little kid's like that microphone right there. Like what you see is what you get. Yeah. You know what I mean? They They're don't, really straightforward. Yeah. That, I, I, and I love that when, when adults are like that. Dude, you don't have to bullshit me. Like mm-hmm. if I forgot to put on underarm deodorant today and I stink, you can tell me that. Like, yeah. I'm grown. Like. I like that about kids. What you see is what you get. They don't. They don't have any, um, like, you know, they're not stuck in their head like he, like adults are. No, kids are. Very, that's one thing I've realized. Um, kids live in the moment. Yeah, they're super present. Yeah. So like you think about my wife and I were talking about this the other day. Like we were actually going to a birthday party for one of her nephews or something like that, and I think the kid's like three or four years old, and I'm like, why are we going to go buy him a toy? Let's give him a box. Because we were joking about how you just give a kid a box and he's golden, he's good. So we're just going to wrap up an empty box and say, there you go, right? And of course we didn't. We went and got him a present or anything like that. But kids, like you'll see kids play. We got a 10-year-old boy and we'll go somewhere and he'll just go make a friend. He'll just go start chatting it up with some kid and next thing you know, they're just playing. Because they're not sitting there thinking about, first off, all the stresses of their life. They're not worried about bills. They're not worried about you know, mortgages. They're not worried about any of that stuff. They're not worried about what they're wearing, what their hair looks like, whether yeah. or not they put deodorant on. Yeah, They're just in the moment and they're wanting to have fun and wanting to play and be present. And so yeah. there's a lot to be said for that. Like well, that's one thing I try to incorporate more into my life is thinking like that and moving like that. Well, that's the thing, man. Uh, my buddy sent me a message on Facebook. He said, I don't know how to tell you this, but we went to the movies today and we came home. My mom was laying uh, dead in the front yard. And this, she used to take me to all my pop warner football games, and it bugged me for a couple of weeks, you know. But she just was out trimming her trees, had a brain hemorrhage done. Yeah, like you never know, and that—that's what I try to—I try to live my life. Like I tell people, like I don't take shit from nobody, I don't lie to people. Like I just try to be like who I don't. The whole God and religion, I don't understand any of it. I don't try to, but whoever my maker is, you know, if I check out tomorrow, I want to be, you know, I—I I don't. You know, I don't, I, that's what people say about me. That's what we like about you, Keith. What you see is, what we see is what you get. You don't have no hidden intentions or nothing. Yeah. Because I'm just, I just want to be okay with myself whenever, you know, I could walk out of here and somebody shoot me and take my wallet. You know, uh-huh. you never, he'll, and then he'll, you gotta go stand in front of that person, that, that creator, that, yeah. you know, whatever the case may be. And you gotta, you know, whether you think that you have to atone for everything or sure. account for everything, but. And that's what I like about kids too. Like, I like coaching kids, the little itty bitty kids. I mean, sometimes it's like herding cats, you know, because of their, their <laughs> attention span, uh-huh. but you never seen anything cuter than a four year old in a gi. I'll tell you that much. But like, uh, you get a grown man, um, and the men are worse than the women. Like coaching, a uh, like a, a woman doesn't have a preconceived notion that she's tough. Yeah. She doesn't deal with all that kind of, yeah. I have to be tough as a man. Yeah. So represent. You, exactly. So when you're coaching her, women are like more flexible. They have better rhythm. So like mm-hmm. striking and stuff and jujitsu, they got flexible hips, but with men, they, you know, I've been, this is the way I throw a punch. Well, you've been throwing a punch wrong for 25 <laughs> years. So to try to break them of their habits and do all that kind of stuff, the, the kids class is way easier to deal with and, 
they listen, you know, yeah, mm -hmm. put your hand here. Okay. You tell, uh, uh you tell, uh, and it's funny, like with the adults, like, um, it's like you're re-raising children. I yeah. say this all the time, like pain is the best teacher, right? Cause when you're a little kid and your mom tells you, Hey, don't touch that. It's hot. Don't touch that. It's hot. Well, then you touched it and you get a blister on your finger. You'll never touch that again. Mm -hmm. When you're coaching an adult and you say, okay, whatever you do, to, don't put your hand here. Okay. Bring your knee this way. And you go to help somebody else. And then you hear this, ah, it's like, <laughs> told you not to put your hand there, man. So yeah. you, you got to get their arm bent backwards for their brain to be like, yeah, he was right. That's what it was for. Like when I started training and rolling and learning jujitsu and everything, it was like, obviously, you know, I didn't have a background necessarily in martial arts or anything like that. I mean, I had two older brothers that beat the shit out of me and we fought. Yeah. That's um, good training though. It is good training. Hell yeah, it is. And, um, when I started learning, just automatically natural reaction, roll into my stomach, roll into yeah. my stomach, roll into my stomach, turning away from guys. And, <clears throat> you know, I got choked a ton. Yeah. And then finally one day enough clicks and like the synapses in my brain finally line up. Shit, I'm not rolling to my stomach no. anymore. I'm going to stay here on my back and I'm going to deal with whatever's going on. But um, you're talking about adults and you're talking about guys and that's one of my favorite things. Well, not one of my favorite things, but it's kind of one of those funny things. Like you get that guy that's in there. My favorite thing is rolling with guys that are big and strong and lift. And sure. You know, all that kind of stuff. And they have that kind of um, attitude that I'm a badass, big motherfucking tough guy. Yeah. And then they just tap and they can't stand, you know, they can't, yeah. they can't roll. And it's just because they haven't learned it yet and everything like that. But I don't know, like, like you said, there's a lot of difference between training, not just kids, not just training men, but women and all that kind of stuff. No, those, those kind of get, they, uh, Joe Rogan and Eddie Bravo say that that jujitsu is a douchebag filter and, <laughs> yeah no and it, and it really is i mean because it takes a special kind of human to come and that's what people don't understand like the analogy i use is like basketball like when when you see somebody tall you're not like oh i bet that guy's really good at basketball just because he's tall you mm -hmm. know well you have to have a skill set and uh, i think that's what i find for, so fascinating about fighting and martial arts is it's like an infinite amount of and I'm, I've always been fascinated with learning and that's like the whole spirituality thing is it's yeah. new to me and it's like, it's affected me. So like, I want to, you know, learn and do more about that kind of stuff. But, um, fighting is a science, you know, it's hard for people. I tell people all the time, like I have 14 year old boys and girls that will strangle you unconscious and there's nothing you can do about it. Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh, whatever. It's like. You, 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 if I said like, I have a 14 year old boy that w could kill you in halo or call of yeah. duty well they spend more time playing halo and call of duty that's all it is it's just you know what to do and when when to do it jiu-jitsu is the same way and those uh, big meatheads they don't understand that like there's a science to it there's a do this don't do that do this don't ever do that <laughs> you know what i mean like and a lot of those big meatheads with all the muscles and stuff just get tired so quick mm -hmm. and um if you think about it in nature you know the animal that gets tired first is the first animal to die and it's just like that in a street fight. Um, that's like with our whole rape prevention and stuff we do for the women is like, that's the beauty of jujitsu is I don't care how tough you think you are. Okay. I'm a 210 pound man. I'm going to grab you and slam you on the ground. There's nothing you can do about it. Now, what do you do when you get there? Yeah. The, the whole idea is not to panic. And like I use the analogy with Navy SEALs, Navy SEALs train every day. There's Navy SEALs training right now. Like they're going to go get somebody tomorrow. That way, when it ha it's not new to them, it's not foreign. It's just like, oh, another day in the office. They train with live, live ammo, live grenades. They train with their goggles on. 
Well, I have women at my gym that spend 30 hours a week on their back rolling around with sweaty, gross dudes. You know, what do you think is going to happen if some <laughs> some guy's going to grab her purse in the gateway, you know, parking lot garage? Maybe you don't have sweaty, gross dudes that come into your gym just to beat up on women. They're no. sweaty and gross because they've been rolling all yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just made me laugh. Well, and, and I, because I, because... Uh, you got these assholes, yeah. they get all sweaty, they come yeah. in and beat up on the women. They do jumping this. jacks in the parking lot <laughs> and then they come in like, I want to beat up that chick. But that's the reality of it. Yeah. Because you're going to have some sweaty, gross dude that um, you would never, you know pay a mind's eye to, and that's going to be the guy that's going to try to grab your purse. Or like for the kids, Tooele County has a huge anti-bullying or a bullying problem. And I've been uh, working with the school districts and the school to try to figure out a way to help combat that. Because the reality of it is, um, and this is where me and the school district butt heads, is it's not against the law to defend yourself. Mm -hmm. Your policy says that, but the reality of it is Utah state law says if somebody hits you, you can hit them back. But the reality is you don't want 16-year-old boys, you know, the size of grown. Have you seen the, the size of? Yeah. Yeah, they're huge now. Kids are big now. Yeah. So you don't want a 16-year-old uh, boy punching another 16-year-old boy to defend himself because people can get hurt. Like three years ago, um, there was a Mexican soccer league in West Valley. A 17-year-old boy got a yellow card from a referee. He got mad and punched the ref. The ref fell down and died. Spent three days in the hospital and died from blunt force trauma to the brain. Well, that kid, you know, he went to jail for that. Yeah. There was another situation in Iowa where a kid was getting bullied. The bully had a hold of the kid's backpack and was punching him in the face. Well, the kid tried to get away. He couldn't get away. Hit the kid one time. The kid fell down and hit his head on the concrete and died. Well, the kid that punched him, it's, he didn't get in any trouble. He got suspended from school because you're not allowed to fight in school. Mm -hmm. But legally, he didn't get in any trouble because you're allowed to defend yourself. He hit the kid one time. That's what I try to explain to these people is you don't want these high school kids punching and kicking each other because you can hurt. They can do more damage. If you tackle that guy to the ground and hold him there, you get the same point across. Yeah. And the problem is, is when little Tommy comes home and says he's getting bullied, you panic as a parent. Because you don't want him hanging himself in his closet or doing whatever, right? So you say, you go there and you kick his ass. Yeah. Well, if little Tommy goes there and he splits the kid's eye open, if he knocks his tooth out, if God forbid he knocks him out and, you know, he never wakes up, as a parent, you're legally and financially responsible for that. So just confidence in itself is what we teach. You know, like I was saying, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, me being confident and a loud mouth kept me out of a lot of fights that I should have got into, <laughs> you know, just because... People didn't know that, you know, I'm just spouting off at the mouth. Uh, bullies are like, like, a, like, a, like a, I use the analogy, they're like electricity. They take the path of least resistance, you know. Mm -hmm. They see some kid that's, you know, um, got grungy clothes on and don't comb his hair and he's got his head down. Those are the kids that they pick on. They're not picking on the confident, boisterous kids because they feel like there's going to be a fight there. And they don't want that. They just want to pick on somebody. We promote, uh, like in our anti-bullying class, you're not allowed to punch, you're not allowed to kick. We teach them control, similar to like what they teach law enforcement. You know, law enforcement's not allowed to beat and kick on somebody. They, they control them, put them in handcuffs, so the cops doesn't get hurt, and that guy can't hurt the cop, you know? So. Yeah. Well, Keith. It's been an hour already? Yeah, man. Holy We've been bullshitting forever. I love how fast it goes. Isn't holy it nice? smokes, man. Holy so, smokes. I got to, like gonna challenge you you got to keep doing your meditations keep practicing <laughs> those theta waves work good any i'm telling you anyone who's listening who's never go to youtube type in theta waves okay they have eight hour mixes on there they have two hour mixes if you just want to take a nap um 
we hook it up to our Google, our, our Chromecast, and it just plays on the TV. Um, there's all kinds of like beats and music, and uh, you have the best dreams you'll ever had. Yeah. And you're welcome. They're awesome. Oh, they're awesome. <laughs> and you're welcome. And you're welcome. <laughs> well, thanks, man. Hey, thank you. Hey, everybody, go out. Have a wonderful, beautiful day. Your hippie alien music you listen to. <laughs> hey, Craig, I got the best burrito in town. Your brain has to talk to your soul because you feel like you're going to die type of thing. Ayahuasca, like dreamland songs to them. Like your parents say, you know, have a dream and, and chase it.